Hi, my name is Jordan, and you are listening to the Great Light Studios podcast. All the episodes you will hear on this podcast are the audio versions of the video content that you can find on the Great Light Studios YouTube channel. If you would like to help support myself and Great Light Studios in continuing to produce this content, there's a few ways that you can do that. You can find information about how to do that in the show notes of this episode. There you will also find links to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and also contact information if you want to reach out. If you enjoy this content or benefit from it, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people. With all that said, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So before I start this video, I just wanted to let you all know that Great Light Studios is now on TikTok. And I wanted to ask if you would all do me a big favor and go and follow Great Light Studios on TikTok if you're on there. My goal is to get up to a thousand followers because once you hit a thousand followers on TikTok, you can do live videos and even have live guests. And TikTok seems to be a little bit more laid back feeling than YouTube. And that makes me think that more WMSCOG members and other cult members might feel a little bit more comfortable and be more willing to jump onto live videos with me on there. So yeah, if I could get to a thousand followers, then that would really help me to be able to start doing that sort of thing over on TikTok and, and other platforms like that. So if you do me a big favor and go follow Great Light Studios on TikTok, I, I would really appreciate that. So in the last video, I talked about how the Bible emphasizes this idea that salvation is something that is a free gift. It's given not on the basis of what people do to earn it, or it's not, it's not like an employer-employee relationship where the employee puts in his 40 hours of work and in exchange for that work or services, an employer gives the paycheck to the employee. Um, in the WMSCOG, that's very, um, I think clearly, the more accurate uh, analogy. It, it, the, the, the WMSCOG's version of salvation is much more like a employer-employee relationship than it is a father and son relationship. And I believe the biblical um, uh, analogy that is given that relates to salvation and forgiveness and how it works, it's a father and child relationship. It's not an employer-employee relationship. In fact, I would argue that much of the New Testament, much of Paul's letters, especially like in Galatians, is Paul arguing against those who are trying to turn the gospel into an employer-employee type scenario. And that's why there are the book of uh, the book of Galatians exists, is because you have these people trying to tell these new Christians that in order to, to get this free gift from God, they had to do X, Y, and Z. And Paul went strongly against that and was saying, no, the moment you say you have to do X, Y, and Z, it's no longer the gospel. It's, no, it's, it's a complete distortion and corruption of what the gospel is. The gospel is good news, and it's good news because it's a free gift. Um, as, as I, again, showed in, in the last video in these different verses like Revelation 22, 17 um, or Romans 6, 23, Romans 5, 15. Um, you can go look those up and read those and you're going to see the emphasis on salvation being something that is a free gift. 
Um, and so I think, again, this is something that the WMSCOG just turns upside down and, and inside out. And their teaching about how a person is forgiven of sins and saved, um, it totally misunderstands these very clear verses um, about salvation being a free gift. And so here's what I think what a common response is going to be, though. It's, it, they're going to point to... Let me look this up here. The, the verse in James where he says that faith without works is dead. So that would be James 2.17, where he says, So too, faith by itself, if it does not result in action, is dead. So we have Paul saying in Ephesians 2.8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. And then we have James saying, faith without works is dead. So, are these contradicting each other? Uh, is what James saying contradicting this idea that God saves us and forgives us freely without us doing anything? I would say no, there's not a contradiction here. And actually, I think these harmonize really well. So, what is James saying? Well, I think that somebody who has, and I think with the Bible, tries to communicate is that somebody who has a, a real faith, somebody who's really believing in and trusting in God, that faith is going to result in a changed mindset. It's ultimately, it's going to result in a love for God and a genuine love for other people, including one's enemies. So what James is not saying when he says faith without works is dead, that a person must, must work in order to be forgiven of sins. Uh, in other words, it's not that this, this all is about, I think, putting, putting this stuff in the right order. So it, it's kind of like, at what point do works come into play? At what point does the Bible say that works come into play? So if, if you put like salvation on this timeline and you have point A, and this is point A is before a person is forgiven, before a person is, um, in a relationship with God, if you want to put it that way, in the family of God. They're not in the family of God yet. And then here's point B, when a person is in the family of God. Um, so at what point on this timeline do works come into play? So you got in the family of God here, not in the family of God. So does do works come here? Does God say, first, you have to do your works, and then once you do your works, you can cross over into this point, and now you're in the family of God because you did those works? Or does the Bible teach that, no, first you you believe, which brings you into the family of God, and then because you're in the family of God, you now do you work. Those works didn't get you into the family of God, but those works simply show that you are already in the family of God. Does that make sense? Do you see the difference there? And I'd argue that it's it's that second way, um, that the Bible does emphasize works. I think that's clear. But the works are always something that come after a person is already in the family of God. So as an example, I'm going to read Romans 4. And this concept that's communicated here, I think, really um, kind of puts this into a clear perspective. So Romans 4 Verse 5, to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. So he's talking about how 
God counts faith as righteousness. So righteousness in this context is, again, I think a, a simple way you could say that is to be righteous is to be, um, let's, just, let's just, there's a whole different, there's a lot of different ways you could say this, but I'm just going to make it simple and say being righteous means you're in the family of God. You are reconciled to God. So here Paul says that God counts faith as righteousness and he credits to those who believe, he credits righteousness to those who believe apart from works. This is just another way of saying that God uh, brings somebody into his family, not on the basis of the works that they do, but on the basis of their faith, just their trusting him. So then in verse nine, he goes on to say, and this makes it, I think, even more clear. So it says, is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? Circumcision here ties to works. He's, 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 circumcision is his, uh, his specific example of a, of a work. So he just got done saying God saves a person, not on the basis of their works, but on the basis of their faith. And now he's kind of like saying, I'm going to kind of show a specific example of that in the life of Abraham by showing that this work of circumcision, um, he's going to say, was circumcision a work that Abraham had to do before he was saved? Or um, was Abraham counted righteous before he did the work of circumcision? So when was Abraham counted as righteous? When was Abraham made a part of the family of God? Was it after Abraham did the work of being circumcised or was it before? Again, he says it was not after, but before. So think about that. Before Abraham did any work at all, before he did any work, including circumcision, God counted Abraham as righteous. He, he brought Abraham into his family, if you will. So then he says the purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that righteousness would be counted to them as well. So bringing this back to James that says faith without works is dead, let's ask again, at what point though do works come into play? At what point on that timeline? Are we counted righteous before um, we do works or after we do the works? Are the works things that we must first do? We have to bring all these works to God and put them on the table. And then we it's kind of like we bring all these goods and services to God and he repays us by giving us a, a paycheck. Is that how it works? Well, again, Paul seems to have already answered that by saying, um, again, at what point are we counted righteous? Is it before or um, after we do the works? And he says it's before. So before we do anything to earn or to work for salvation, the, the Bible is very clear about this order in saying that it's it's before we do anything that God counts us as righteous simply on the basis of faith. So I think the WMSCOG um, is, is right to point out James 2.17 that says faith without works is dead, but I think they get it wrong in how they would connect these two concepts together. So what does it mean that faith without works is dead? Well, again, I think that simply um, means that a faith that is real, a faith that is actually really trusting in God is going to result in a 
uh, a changed heart. It's going to result in a person um, having love for God and neighbor. And if a person doesn't have love for God and neighbor, then that probably is a good indication that there's something not right about their faith. And I think that's what James is emphasizing. He's not trying to say that if you want to be forgiven of your sins, you have to go out and do all of these works. If that's what James was saying, then he would be, I think you'd have to say there's um, a contradiction between James and Paul. Because Paul says salvation is a free gift. So by definition, a free gift is something that you cannot work for. If James is saying that you have to go out and first work and then you get the paycheck of salvation, well, that can't be called a free gift. And then you'd have to say Paul and James are contradicting yourself. I think the Bible does teach that works are important. They're an important part of a believer's life. But I think he, James um, teaches and Paul teaches that works are something that follow salvation. And I think that's that's part of what makes the the gospel good news is because it's not that it's not that God is looking at people and saying, "Hey, if you want me to accept you and love you and forgive you and all this, you first have to do x y and z. You have to do all these things. And if you do them right, if you do them consistently and if you keep them up for the rest of your life, then I'm going to um make you my child. I'm going to you'll you'll be brought into my family." That's not the way it works. I think what makes God uniquely good in comparison to so many other um, religious ideas um, is that before we do anything, at the very beginning, before we do anything, while we were yet sinners, as Romans says, Christ died for us. While we we were yet sinners, God makes us his children, not on the basis of what we do, but on the basis of what he has done. And what I think that does, though, if, if um, and what Paul does is he says, because now, now because you already are children, now go out and, you know, do good works, do um, walk in the light and, and love your neighbor and, you know, love and do good to uh, your enemies. Um, abstain from these different um, sinful activities and things like that. So, the the I think the cool thing, one of the most profound things that I see in the Bible is this idea that first God establishes as a gift the identity of a believer. First, he tells a believer and emphasizes over and over that he already loves them and how he already sees them. Um, Paul, you especially see this in Paul's writings that you'll see in like in Ephesians, he'll go through like three or four chapters, Paul will, and describing to the believers who they already are in Christ. If you read Ephesians chapter one, he go, he's just a whole chapter of Paul explaining to these believers what they already have in Jesus. And he'll say that they are you know, forgiven, that they've been chosen for the foundation of the world, that they are this, that they are that in God. He'll tell them all that they've already been freely given. And then he'll say, basically, now that you know that, now that you know that's who you already are, now go out and in chapter five, he then goes on to say, since this is the case, now here are the things you should do in response to that. Um, so it's the the gospel that's presented in the Bible is more like um, it's more like we are beggars, we're homeless people, 
And it's like the gospel isn't that somebody comes up to us with this news that says, hey, if you want to not be homeless anymore and have a, a million dollars and, and be you know, super wealthy, first you gotta spend the next 20 years of your life working your butt off. And then after that, someday maybe you'll get wealthy. Instead, the gospel is like somebody coming up to us and saying, hey, did you know that because of what this, this other person, what, what God has already done for you, you're already wealthy. You've already been freely given something. Do you know that this has already been made fully and freely available to you? And then as a response to knowing that, you know, if, if we found out as a homeless person that somebody had deposited, you know, $2 million in our bank account, that's going to change the way we live. It's, we're not gonna stay living under a bridge. We're gonna respond to that uh, that information, if somebody gave it to us, by um, living differently. So in the same way, I think the gospel is that is this message that God has deposited, you know, this these spiritual blessings into our spiritual bank account, if you will. Um, and I think that's what the gospel is. It's this idea that we're homeless, we're, we're, we have nothing, we have nothing to offer, we have nothing to give. But God comes to us and says, hey, I've already, because of what Jesus did, I've already deposited this certain amount into your bank account. It's yours, not because of anything you've done or are going to do. It's just what I've done for you. And then what he says is like, obviously, when we get that information, he would want us to go out and live differently. He wouldn't want us to continue living underneath a bridge and begging for food every day. He wants us to respond to that knowledge in a certain way to where we go out and live differently. And I think when James says faith without works is dead, he's saying that same thing. If if somebody comes up to a homeless person and says, hey, you have, you've been given millions of dollars deposited in your bank account, and that person continues to live under a bridge the rest of their life, well, I think that shows that they didn't really believe <laughs> that that money had been deposited. Because if you believe that that money has been deposited, you're gonna probably going to go out and act on it. And so I think that's, if, if that makes sense, I hope that makes sense because I think that's what James means. Again, when he says faith without works is dead, he's just simply saying, hey, if you really know and understand what's been deposited into your account, that should result in you living differently. And I think in this situation in James, there were believers who were, you know, claiming to have this faith in God. And then they were, if you look throughout the book of James, it seems like there was this problem with people mistreating other people. And, and uh, one of the primary examples, or, or one example at least is given, is how they were treating the poor. Um, when they were just mistreating the, the lowly, um, the, the people who who's up by appearance weren't as um, high class or, or whatever. And so I think James is trying to emphasize that, hey, listen, if you really understand this deposit that's been deposited into your spiritual bank account, it should be resulting in you living differently. James is not saying that, hey, if you wanna get off the streets, if you wanna not be homeless anymore, obviously this is, I'm speaking metaphorically, then you have to go out and work first. You have to first go out and, and do a bunch of stuff, do X, Y, and Z, and then eventually, maybe someday, hopefully, God will deposit this certain amount of money into your bank account. That's not, that's backwards. Again, that's backwards. And that's missing what makes the good news, the gospel, I think the good news. The good news is that 
not that we have to first do X, Y, and Z, and then we get the deposit. It's that God first gave the deposit so that we can then have the, uh, the ability, the motivation, the empowering to go out and do X, Y, and Z. And I hope you see the difference. There's a huge difference there. And so this is a, this is a way that I'm responding to what I know is going to be the, um, the critique from the WMSCOG concerning the last video I did. Um, again, if you haven't watched that last video, I, I would hope that you would go back and, and check that out. Cause I think it, it kind of explains um, uh, some things that I talked about in this one that um, will make a lot more sense if you watch that too. So yeah, with all that said, um, I, I hope this was helpful. I hope it makes sense. If you have questions or thoughts, um, even if you're a WMSCOG member, if, if there's something I said here that you think wasn't accurate, please let me know. Um, and uh, yeah, share your thoughts and, and, and such in the comments. And then, um, yeah, as always, thank you all for liking, commenting on, and um, subscribing to the channel. All that helps me out um, a lot to continue doing all this. So um, yeah, with that said, I'll see you in the next video.